Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Today's program is presented in part by Monkey Knife Fight. What the heck is Monkey Knife Fight, you ask? Well, it's a daily fantasy service with different games to win you money. If you're new to MKF, when you register, use the promo code SNOWMAN, that's me, to receive a 100% deposit bonus on up to 50 bucks at MKF and start playing daily games today. You know I'm already there. I'm winning cash and taking names, so I'll be sharing my favorite picks throughout the course of the show. Again, to get 50 bucks free, just sign up at monkeyknifefight.com, use the promo code SNOWMAN, that's me, when you make your first deposit. And oh, by the way, tell them Snowman sent you. Driving means freedom, exploration, fun, pride, flexibility, protection, friendship, independence. Distracted driving means danger, recklessness, irresponsible, chaos, police, devastation, injury, death. Safe driving means staying alert and staying alive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Excuse me, I know you have a 9 o'clock, so I'll keep this short. I'm the business suit in the back of your closet. You wore me nearly every day before your office went, quote, casual. I used to be the CEO of your closet. Now I'm just that one intern no one ever talks to. I always thought you'd circle back with me, get granular, keep me in the pipeline. But nada. Nothing. Don't you remember the McKittrick presentation? You spilled coffee on me, and I still looked amazing during the breakout talkback Q&A. So, I think it's time for me to move on. I've got a great resume, and I absolutely crush it in interviews, okay? Let's make this a clean break. Shift the paradigm. The only thing I ask is that you think outside the box here and do this. Take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I'll write it and we'll do it live! Time to rise and grind. Are you kidding me? Holy on smoke! And let's get this banter going. It's bacon! This is Snowman in the Morning. Does anybody else feel like a fried egg? And it begins now. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I think I just broke my chair. He did what? Has anybody ever told you you have a serious impulse control problem? There is but one cause for me to follow. Almighty the bum! And here we go. Oh, yeah! The kick in, here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books. The celebration is on. The Washington Nationals are the world champions. You blonde and black stunning black stunning and blinging and black punk. Are you trying to do? Of all that low dirty. Johnson is three-point territory, but guarded tightly. Johnson cuts left. Now fires a three. And it's good. And he's fouled. It comes. Do you believe it? He did what? Hour two. I got permission to do this from uh, my co-host, Cole Johnson. We're going to talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys and the mistake they made with Dak and with Zeke. 
I got Coach Ray Baxter of Coach Ray Speaks coming on. Mike DeBate will hop on as well to talk all things AFC. And then we're going to wrap it up here on this Monday. Hour two of Snowman in the Morning wants you to sponsor it. So if you have a small business, especially if you're looking, check us out at Snowman Digital Media. SnowmanDigitalMedia.com producing great online content for your ears and pretty soon for your eyes as we venture into video right after Labor Day. SnowmanDigitalMedia.com And for the best in play-by-play as we celebrate our 25th season, we got some old games running on on the SDM Sports Network Check out sdmsportsnetwork.com. All right, let's let's get into this, shall we? A uh, whole bunch of NBA talk coming tomorrow. Uh, Cole Johnson will rejoin me. But how about how how about them Cowboys? They messed up with Zeke. Zeke threatened to hold out, and Gerald, as Cole would say, dropped him some ninety million dollars. Now, they put a franchise tag on Dak Prescott. And I've spoken to so many people that are Dak Prescott fans, Lord only knows why, that say, you know, they should just go ahead and pay him. Dak Prescott is the quarterback of the future for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott is the leader of the Cowboys. And Dak Prescott would be the quarterback that will bring us our sixth title. And to all of that, my response is simple. Are you crazy? Everybody wants to put his numbers in my face. Okay, fine. So he threw for 4,000 yards. So he threw for this many touchdowns. What was the record? Eight and eight. You know what the problem is with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys? Dak Prescott and the Cowboys don't get the yards to fill up the stat sheet until the game's out of reach. Give you a perfect example. How about the Thanksgiving Day game against the Buffalo Bills? Prescott takes them right down for a touchdown, and then they get punched in the mouth several times. Several times over. And me, in my humble opinion, okay, and this is me just talking football. This is me not spreading any kind of hatred for the Dallas Cowboys, although I don't like them. I'm not a fan of them. It just seems like Dak and Zeke just don't get along when it, when when they're on the field. I mean, Prescott suffers without Zeke. And when I'm speaking of Zeke, for those of you tuning in for the first time, I'm talking, of course, about Ezekiel Elliott, Cowboys starting running back. Now, Zeke is a hell of a runner. He's a hell of a football player. But unfortunately, these two can't stay on the field together. If they stay on the field together and play a full 16 games, they'll be dynamite. You know, everybody wants to say, oh, well, the Cowboys had the best offensive line last year. No, they didn't. The 49ers did. If you want to talk NFC, want to talk best offensive line in football, that's the Kansas City Chiefs. But the best offensive line in the NFC was not in Dallas. It wasn't. And you want to throw all these empty numbers about what the Cowboys offense did last year? Riddle me this. Why is it that when the Cowboys play a team that's lesser than them, they feast, but when it comes to prime time games, they famine?
They finished eight and eight, folks. Eight and eight. <laughs> does that not tell you something? Does does that not tell you what to expect from the Cowboys? I mean, not all of it falls at the feet of at the the feet of Dak Prescott. Not all of it falls at the feet of Dak Prescott. A lot of that fell at the feet of Jason Garrett. A lot of that fell at the feet of their offensive coordinator. A lot of that fell at the feet of the offense. And a lot of it fell at the feet of the defense. When they're on the when when they're on the field most of the time, what can you do? You can't do a damn thing. Look at some of these numbers. And I'll bring up a couple of numbers in terms of Dak Prescott wins and losses. Okay? He started out throwing for 405 yards in a home game against the Giants in which the Cowboys won. Okay? But you go to Green Bay, or you host Green Bay, I beg your pardon, and you throw for four, he throws for 463 yards and lost by 10. 34-24. Sunday night game, November 10th against the Minnesota Vikings. Threw for 397. Lost 28-24. I mentioned the Thanksgiving Day game where it dropped their record to an even 6-6. Six and six. Threw for 355 yards. Lost 26-15. And they didn't score until and they didn't score get their second score until the fourth quarter after the game was so far out of out of reach. And again, I highlight that game, the Thanksgiving Day game. Once again, three hundred fifty five yards. And a lot of that came late in the second half. How about the following week? They go to Chicago. Against a downtrodden Bears team, which I think is gonna who I think is gonna bounce back this year, but more on that later. He throws for 334 yards and lost 31-24. And that game wasn't in doubt. That game was was worse than the score indicated. So you have a quarterback in Dak Prescott who has proven his durability. And that's about all he's proven. I hate to inform you of this. I really hate to inform you Dak Prescott fans of this. But to me, Prescott is not the man for them. They may need to go fishing in a draft very soon for another quarterback. Am I suggesting the Cowboys bail on Dak Prescott? Well, in a word, yes. What's he proven over three years? One playoff appearance? Amidst all the turmoil that's going on? To me, what Dak Prescott has proven is that he cannot run an offense without Ezekiel Elliott. Which should tell you how the Cowboys should be able to come together. They need both men on the field. You cannot, you cannot expect to throw for 4,000 yards and not at least try to have a balanced offense. 
Dak got the franchise tag. People are saying they should that Jerry Jones should pay him. I say make Dak Prescott prove it. Make him prove that he can run a complete offense. Amari Cooper, who cares? You can't throw to Amari Cooper unless you have Ezekiel Elliott running roughshod. And then you can soften up the defense for the passing game. Cowboys think pass first because they have a mobile quarterback. And, and Prescott's dynamite, okay? Don't get it twisted. Prescott's dynamite as an athlete. He's getting better as a quarterback. It's just unfortunate that he is involved with a team that's not going to take him anywhere. That won't allow him to take them anywhere. And with all this wrangling that's going on right now, Dak, I hate to say this for you, I hate to say this, but you should have seen this coming with the way they handled Ezekiel Elliott. They're not going to give you an extension unless uh, unless Jerry Jones actually feels that you deserve one. And if he doesn't feel that you deserve one, even after the numbers you put up, if you want to just go on numbers alone, then you're not going to get an extension. This is what I think is going to probably happen with Dak Prescott. They signed him to a franchise tag this year. This year goes through. And they're going to have to go through the same thing next year. They're going to have to go through the same thing next year. And I will give you, I will make a perfect comparison to how a team handles what should be a franchise quarterback. Take the example of the San Francisco 49ers. When they acquired Jimmy Garoppolo from the New England Patriots for a second round pick, first of all, that's a steal. Second of all, Jimmy Garoppolo was coveted for at least two years. A lot of teams wanted Garoppolo. The 49ers won the sweepstakes with him. He comes in, he plays lights out, and no matter what anybody says, you got five games of game, yeah, five uh, games of game film on Garoppolo. I believe that is enough for you to see if you have a franchise quarterback or not. When Garoppolo arrived in San Francisco, he was just about immediately anointed the team's new franchise quarterback. How does this work? How this how this work financially for them? The Niners had no leverage when it came to Garoppolo. He came in, he balled out. And the Niners had two choices, franchise him or pay him. If they franchised him, that's a $27 million price tag. He, he, he balls out again. And then you come back to the same problem where the market goes up. No, thanks. You know what the 49ers did? Hey, Jimmy, we're going to pay you. And we're going to stand behind you. We're going to let you grow. We're going to let you run this team. We're going to trust you to become better as a player. Injury be damned. And he came back from a horrific ACL injury. Horrific ACL injury. And took his team to the Super Bowl. In comparison. Oh, and by the way, I didn't mention this. 61 million bucks over two seasons involving a franchise tag? No. Not good business. They bring Jimmy in. He balls out. We're going to give you a whole bunch of money. Over a $100 million contract. And $73 million of that is guaranteed. And we're going to lock you in for five seasons. Why couldn't Jerry Jones learn from that? 
Why couldn't Jerry Jones learn from that? And I still say Dak Prescott has a lot to prove as a player. Would I like to be wrong? Certainly. I I just know what I've seen so far. Against lesser teams, he feasts. And against better teams, it's a famine. Empty yards are like empty calories. And until I see different, that's what I've seen from Dak Prescott. Take a pause for a break, and when we come back, you will hear the voice of Coach Ray Baxter, and you will hear all about how he put his empire together, and then Mike DeBade later on here in Hour 2. Snowman in the morning, back in a deuce. Are you tired of your persistent window issues? Fog inside the glass? Drafts? Are they difficult to open or close? If you have any of these problems, Renewal by Anderson can help. Renewal by Anderson is a replacement window division of Anderson Windows. For a limited time, buy one, get one 40% off. Plus, get 12 months special financing with no interest and no money down. Call 800-214-0296 now to schedule your free window diagnosis. Our windows are made with our exclusive Fibrex composite material. It's two times stronger than vinyl, won't warp or rot, and never requires painting. All backed by an industry-leading limited warranty that covers both product and installation. Call now to buy one, get one 40% off, and take advantage of our special 12 months financing offer with no interest and no money down. Call 800-214-0296. That's 800-214-0296 now. Renewal by Anderson, the better way to a better window. Offer ends June 30th. Not valid with other offers. Minimum purchase required. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for limited warranty details. This is Snowman in the Morning, where true sports talk lives. He did what? I did not need to be told that. Hour 2 rolls on. If you want to be a sponsor of this here program, drop an email to snowmaninthemorning at gmail.com. That's snowmaninthemorning at gmail.com. I've had some great guests on the show. I'm going to continue to have great guests on the show. And while I'm dropping promos, my lovely Dr. K just uh, told me to read this one. So I, I shall read it now. If you want to help celebrate our 25th year, pay attention because it's a soft launch in August. It's a hard launch on Labor Day. Season 25 of the SDM Sports Network, formerly Arena Sportsnet, and my personal 25th season as a sportscaster. We're going to put all the celebrations together. The big one starts on Labor Day, especially with this program. And on this program, I welcome Coach Ray Baxter of Coach Ray Speaks. He joins me right now via the hotline. How are you, my friend? Good to talk to you. Snowman in the morning, brother. <laughs> that's me, and that's the show. I'm doing great. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, man. I couldn't be better. Man, I took a look at what you, you sent me, and you've got to tell me how you got this started. I'm, I want to hear this story. Well, hey, I, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm from humble beginnings. I'm, I was born and raised in the Bronx in New York in the 80s. So I guess I'm giving my age a little bit. <laughs> uh, well, true. And and you know something? My dad, bless him, he's 95. I actually take care of him at home. Um, my dad was a product of, of the, you know, trying to salvage your own business. Anything he could get his hands on to create a business out of, he would try to do it. He, he did a, a, a laundromat. He did a, a bus company and a number of other things that he tried. And God bless him, you know, I, you know, and like a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, dad was not very successful. Mm-hmm. And the success 
I guess has its ranges, you know, if you could feed your family, you're successful. But I know my dad was gauging for a lot more success. He wanted that business to, to pay for my college education. He wanted that business to provide a home. And, and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs are in that same boat. Uh, as for where the coach monitor came from, I, I was originally a football coach. I played ball at Duquesne University years and years and years ago. Um, coached Monroe College here in New York and a few other stops and coached high school ball. And I simply just transferred my love of football to my love of business and, and wanting to help people, particularly entrepreneurs that are, are looking to get ahead. Uh, I was able to really begin to uh, speak with business people and give them strategies on how to succeed. And it became a, a, a very big business. I never knew that coaching um, business people would, would become such a big business as it is today. Uh, according to Forbes, I believe there are something like over, well over 300,000 coaches in the United States. Yeah. So it's a, it's a booming industry. Yeah, it is. But for me, it's more about helping the small business, helping the entrepreneur. I, I'm a, I'm a brand and marketing strategist. I also speak on the road about customer service. Um, I consider myself America's leading customer service and brand strategist because what I do is I, I talk to business owners and tell them how to use motivational interviewing techniques to actually gain, regain your clients. You know, it's not just about getting more leads, but the leads that you have, the people that have already bought from you, you want to them, you want them to buy from you again. And you yes. Have strategies in order for them to be not just one time customers. You want them to be, 10 time customers because that one customer can increase your ability. Let's say you have a, a, um, uh, I don't know, maybe a, a 500 to $1,000 product, right? Well, that's a one, if you're a one time customer, that one time customer is only paying 5000 or 5000 or, or, or $1,000 for the year. Mm -hmm. But if I can get that customer to come back month after month after month and buy your product, maybe you offer a different service, maybe you offer, a different type of service like airtime uh, perhaps like airtime perhaps what i'm yeah like airtime perhaps when i'm offering on this program exactly you know, you know maybe you can, maybe you can find create a niche in and be a joint venture partner with someone there are so many ways that you can create revenue for yourself mm -hmm. that's what i do um i i get customers i should actually get businesses to realize where that extra revenue can come from and they increase their profit margin. Love it, absolutely love it. When when uh, my producer when I, when I when my producer Steve Joyner brought you to me and we instantly connected on that conference call, and I said I had to, I, I had to have you had to have you on, man. What in a short time you've gotten me so inspired because I said to my wife who's also. Uh, training herself to become a health coach and a life coach. The coaching industry is okay. crazy right now. The coaching industry it is. is the coaching industry is crazy, and it's putting a few ideas in my head about what what I can <laughs> coach and what I do, and, uh, about coaching about what I do best. And to have that, and to have you, and to hear you, you know, motivate people because you're certainly motivating me. I can tell you that. But how? I, I'm trying to form a question as I'm just enthralled by by this entire by this entire story. What turned the light on for you? What was the bell that rang that said, "You know what? I can do this, and I'm going to take it as far as I can"? 
Well, I'm going to answer that, but I want to I want to just go back to your coaching question for a moment mm-hmm. because this is different between being a coach and a subject matter expert. Yes. Okay. Anyone can coach. Okay. I mean, anyone can motivate. Motivation is is simple, and I hate to hate to use that phrase because there's so many motivational speakers out there, and you know they do a good job in their particular niche. But there's a difference between someone that's motivating. And someone that can be a subject matter expert to get you where you want to go. Yes. Right? That, that's the difference there. The light for me, I actually ran a small nonprofit in New York for about 25, maybe 27 years. It was the actual youth football program. It was a nonprofit group. And we raised money from, when I say nothing, I mean literally nothing. Um, you know, the group, we used to bounce back and forth between fields. We didn't have set uniforms. You know, and I found myself, you know, feel like, okay, I'm going and beg this one and beg that one. No, you know what? We need to be able to create our own money. We need to be able to create our own niche and and actually be not just the best on the field, but the best off the field. So in that small nonprofit, we actually began to grow. We had as many as 250 kids on a field in the Bronx on any given Tuesday through Thursday evening learning about football we were able to get them equipment. We got sponsors to work. The parents worked through fundraising to pay for, pay for certain things to travel. We traveled from Maine to Florida with that group. Now, this is a group out of the Bronx. You don't expect stuff, you know, things like that to right. happen. But that's right. what we did. And this was back, this was before the internet. This was, we started that group in, in 1987. I actually left the group and the group um, disbanded in 2012. But on any given night, at a, we, we made a deal with a high school through, a, through a non-profit, another nonprofit with the New York Giants. So we had complete access to a field. It was a $5 million field. It was brand new that, that, that we had. Kids were able to practice on that field for nearly six days a week and have games on that field. Wow. The high school was actually sending kids to the high school. We actually had college coaches come down to watch our kids play. We sent kids to nationals in Florida. We actually also started a college-level football team. We played club ball, and we went to the University of Maine, University of Vermont, and other places to play and had those schools actually come down to play us at our field in the Bronx. So wow. with, 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 that, with, with, with that, you know, I took the initiative to say, you know, if, we can, if I can do that, then I can definitely do other, other things as well. And, that, and that's how we went. That's how it went. That is incredible. That is incredible. And hearing your voice, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll throw it anyway. Be you big blue or gang green? I'm sorry, Brian. One more time. I apologize. That's has to interfere. That's all right. Be you big blue or be you gang green? Oh, big blue all the way, man. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. I have so much respect for the New York Giants, even being a 49er fan, because the last two times the Giants and the 49ers hooked up for a conference championship game, oh, it was just nothing short of a classic. And both times were at Candlestick Park. So yeah, well, you know something. I'll, I'll tell you something about that game and, and those those particular games. Um, 
The 49ers, I'm going to put my football hat on for a moment. The 49ers ran a very similar offense uh, to, to that of the wing T years yep. ago. They, they ran a play called the, a wing T sweep or yep. a buck sweep. They ran that play. I, I'll never forget this. They ran that play to perfection. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I, I can picture it in my head just the way guys on the Giants were tumbling and falling because <laughs> of the, 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 the – it's not just the initial block, but, but the sustained block. Yes. You know, it, 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 you, I mean, uh, this Lombardi would be, would, would be pleased. You know what I mean? <laughs> he would smile just looking at one play. Yeah. I remember, and again, just leaving my, my football hat on for a second, John Madden years ago said he went to a clinic, and he thought he knew a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. But Vince Lombardi, went, he went to see Vince Lombardi. And Vince Lombardi spoke eight hours, eight hours, about the Green Bay Packers sweep. And John left that, that clinic saying, you know what, I thought I knew football. I don't know a damn thing. <laughs> and, and that's, so, so people, you know, you, you watch a game, but then you, you watch for the nuances of the game. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about and have learning to coach because I watch an NFL game now. I can't help but watch, you know, but think not only think about the play, but I'm watching the offensive line. You yep. know, I'm, I'm watching what the tight end does. I'm watching the quarterback steps. I'm watching the quarterback's arm as he throws the ball. The velocity is coming off the – I mean, yeah, I could go on. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and now it's, with the 49ers having one of the most dominant running games in the NFL, you would think with them running it out of the spread most of the time – that they would be a, a, a passing team, but they have one of the most dynamic running games in the NFL today. Let me tell you something, Brian. Again, leave my football hat on. I don't care what you do, and even you know, as great as much as I hate Tom Brady being a Giants fan, <laughs> um, and you you don't win football games without a running game. You don't. I don't care what you do, you know. And Tom and Tom Brady, as great as he was, and he currently is. He had to have a sustained running game to do what he did. Now, people were scared of Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, in this particular season, we're going to see whether it was the system or the man. That's going to be the difference here. Yeah. And we'll see, you know, yeah. who, 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 who manifests themselves. But you cannot win football. I don't care what level you're at without a running game. You can't. It, it won't happen. You, you can't. You can. The 49ers for years, years, even with, even with Montana, who I grew up watching and who did it for me and made me a 49er fan. There was a fellow by the name of Roger Craig who also got my attention. And if anybody deserves their gold jacket, it's the original Jackknife running back in Roger Craig. Yeah, true that. I can tell you're a Roger Craig fan. (laughs) I still remember those pistons going back and forth. I remember. Coach Raven, when I was playing, I learned to run like that. You yes, know, they, listen, coaches always tell you keep your legs moving, keep your legs going. He was the epitome of that. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And and John Madden described it best on a run against the Rams. He gets those high knees going and keep those keep those legs moving like pistons. That's it. <laughs> can't go can't go wrong with that. This is Coach Ray Baxter, and I'd love to have. You and your business as a partner of of this program, because I know a lot of people that can you that that can use your help. Myself being one, so I'm just gonna roll the red carpet out there for you. And I'd well, love to. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did because actually I'd like to offer you and your listeners a um a challenge. Go for it. If you go to mybrandstrategist.info, that's my website. And I said one of my websites, and you can actually download my free book. 
Uh, my free book is Eight Business Breakthroughs. It was just published. And again, it is a free book for you to download. But I also, if you're, if you're interested, I offer what's called a 10K challenge. And the 10K challenge is when I would sit with anyone in any business and actually not only go over what you do, but we'll find at least $10,000 of extra revenue without you having to spend one marketing or advertising cent. Note the two-foot smile on my face. We will talk, <laughs> and I'd love for that 10K to be a birthday present. We'll talk more. Well, off, there you go. We'll, we'll talk more off the air. That's Coach Ray Baxter. You know I'm going to have him back on. We're going to work out some things. Like I said, I'd love for your company to be a partner of this program. And folks, if you're if you're in business, you do you do what he says, and he will find you 10K without you having to spend one marketing dime. All right. CoachRaySpeaks.com and it'll take you to all the subsequent subsequent links. If you're in business and if you're an entrepreneur, you need to hook up with this man and have him help you. The brand strategist and the coach himself joining me on this program. Man, I enjoy it. I loved it. And I'd love to have you back. Thank you, man. Let me just correct one thing. It's mybrandstrategist.info. Gotcha. Mybrandstrategist.info. That's where you can get the free book. That's where you can contact me. All right. That's where you contact him, mybrandstrategist.info. See, I, I knew I'd get the right information somehow. Mike debate after the break. Snowman in the morning, back in a flash. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Today's program is presented in part by Monkey Knife Fight. What the heck is Monkey Knife Fight, you ask? Well, it's a daily fantasy service with different games to win you money. If you're new to MKF, when you register, use the promo code SNOWMAN, that's me, to receive a 100% deposit bonus on up to 50 bucks at MKF and start playing daily games today. You know I'm already there. I'm winning cash and taking names, so I'll be sharing my favorite picks throughout the course of the show. Again, to get 50 bucks free, just sign up at monkeyknifefight.com, use the promo code SNOWMAN, that's me, when you make your first deposit. And oh, by the way, tell them Snowman sent you. Man, do I love card night. You ready, boys? You got a king? Go, fish that. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Titus O'Neil. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Learn more at 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-598-1698. That's right, annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-598-1698. That's 800-598-1698. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. 
This is Snowman in the Morning. I did not need to be told that. Where true sports talk lives. Excellent. Can't wait. Let's do this. Now, I have had so many questions thrown my way about my beloved team, the San Francisco 49ers. I made a statement, and you were with me. When I made this statement at first a few months ago, and people still think I'm crazy when I say this, so this is where we'll start it. And the statement is the following. I believe Jimmy Garoppolo will compete for the most valuable player this year. Period. You know, there's a lot of people right now that will probably roll their eyes when you say that. I'm not one of them. I truly believe he will as well. I think the way Jimmy is set up with the 49ers this year and the type of roster that they're going to field and the talent that they have on both sides of the ball is really going to work to his advantage. Now, people hear that and they'll say, well, how can the defensive side of the ball affect the offensive side of the ball? Brian, we've seen enough football in our day to know that these two units work hand in hand. Mm -hmm. When you have a dominant defense like the 49ers are able to put out on the field, it takes so much pressure off the quarterback. It allows the quarterback to set, play his game, and be able to dominate in a fashion that is not afforded to teams that don't have a dominant defense. When you have to score and you have to match your opponent score for score, it's very difficult to be able to do exactly what you want all of the time. You can't run the football when you want. You can't make the throws, make the plays that that you're comfortable making. A lot of times you're forced into decisions you don't want to have to make. I believe that right now, with the running game that San Francisco employs, I like what they did in the pass catching, uh, You know, bringing in a couple of wide receivers that I think are going to pay dividends for this team. Obviously, you and I both agree they have the best tight end in the league on their roster in George Kittle. Absolutely. And with that defense shutting other opponents down, I truly believe he's poised for a big year this year. So I'm not going to afford him the MVP trophy just yet, right. but I think he's going to be in contention for it. And I think he's going to turn some heads this year. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Jimmy Garoppolo, and they shouldn't be. And they're going to continue to sleep on Jimmy Garoppolo because you look at the numbers that he put up last year, and they say, well, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got Lamar Jackson. Listen, love Patrick Mahomes and what he's doing and has done for the Kansas City Chiefs. He brought them a Super Bowl. But Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers can compare with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. What I mean is this. Lamar Jackson was the unanimous MVP. He had over 3,000 passing yards. Jimmy Garoppolo had close to 4,000 passing yards. And this is his second full season coming off of a serious injury that would cripple other players. To have an ACL injury happen to your starting quarterback, who you handed a five-year deal to, worth $73 million in guaranteed money, for him to produce the year that he has, for him to be as durable as he is, and for him to toss 27 touchdowns against 13 interceptions, including the bonkers game in New Orleans, the comeback against the Los Angeles Rams, the two dominant victories at home against the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers. And oh, by the way, he threw five 300-yard games. He had a 400-yard game against Arizona. You can't tell me Jimmy Garoppolo, when called upon, and believe me, folks, he's been called upon, you can't tell me Jimmy Garoppolo cannot ride this 49er offense. 
He absolutely can. And I like what you said about his injury last year or the year before and him coming back and not being 100% at full strength. Look, we've seen quarterbacks go down from ACL injuries before. It takes a full year before you're even the same type of quarterback. In Jimmy's first year back, he led his team to within an eyelash of a Super Bowl title. That's pretty good the last I checked. So (laughs) for all that are ready to write off Jimmy as saying he's going to be just a passenger along for the ride, I think that's a mistake. I think this kid has the ability to do it. I've seen him in practice in New England. I've covered him for a number of years. I remember seeing that type of fire and determination that only the great ones have. He has it. And once he hones in some of the skill that he needs to hone in, I really think he's going to be a formidable quarterback in this league for years to come. And let's not forget the protection he's going to get on the offensive line this year. Mm. Lincoln Tomlinson, one of the best offensive guards in the league, I think he's got the opportunity to really provide some protection. And then you take a look at Trent Williams in the the 49ers offense and putting him on that line as well, that automatically improves his chances of being able to set, make the throws he needs to make, get the blocking that he's going to need to get the running game going. But Jimmy's going to have a little bit more time in the pocket this year. And I can tell you, Jimmy's not afraid to extend plays with his legs. We've seen him do it. But he's a good pocket passer. He studied from one of the best pocket passers to ever play the game in Tom Brady. I like what he brings to the table in that uh, fashion. And I think he's going to be a very good pocket passer this year because I think he has a better offensive line than he had last year. And that's saying something because the Niners' offensive line was pretty formidable last year as well. And looking at the 49ers' offensive line, you mentioned Trent Williams coming over in what would be a steal of a trade from the Washington Redskins. That happened during draft weekend. Remember, the 49ers also lost their starting center in Weston Richburg for the final four games of the season and also lost him for the playoffs. So they had to put Wesley Person in at center, or Mike Person in at center, who was not, who had since been traded. You get Weston Richburg back, who they brought over from the Giants, and this offensive line is going to be more formidable than ever. But I want to look at the receiving core next. You lose Emmanuel Sanders, you draft Brandon Ayuk, who is a speed demon, and I know you've scouted him uh, several times over, but the person I'm looking at that's really going to help this 49er offense break out and this young receiving core break out is a fellow we talked about last year, Jalen Hurd out of Baylor. Hurd is one of those type of athletic receivers that can go up, get the football. He's not afraid of contact, and he's not afraid to use his speed to his advantage as well. I loved Hurd coming out of college two years ago. I really was hoping that he would be one of those mid-round gems that the Patriots would take a flyer on. I completed three mock drafts that year. Jalen Hurd mm-hmm. was on every single one of them when I talked about players that I wanted to see end up in New England. I love the fit that he has in uh, um, in San Francisco. First of all, the the, uh, the the Shanahan type of offense. Kyle Shanahan knows how to use receivers of his size, his speed, his ilk. He's going to be able to get the most out of him. Second of all, he has speedsters like Brandon Ayuk, like Debo Samuel, guys that can take the pressure off and allow someone like Jalen to develop his skill. This is a very good fit. It's a very good offense for him. He's got the coaching around him. He's got the quarterback. And he's also got the running game around him as well because that will help to free up opportunity for him to get open. When a lot of people think the the Niners are going to be running the football, it's going to free up some wide receivers to be able to get open on the perimeter. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this offense can do with Jimmy and his weapons around him this year because I think from top to bottom, 
even though they lost Emmanuel Sanders, and I'm not negating that at all. He's right. a very talented wide receiver. He's another guy I've always wanted to see in Patriot Blue. doesn't mm-hmm. look like that's ever going to happen. <laughs> but at the same time, bringing in a guy like Ayuk, Debo's got another year under his belt. I really like the, uh, the, um, the the youth that the 49ers have infused into the wide receiver position this year. So uh, good things on the horizon for them, but uh, you hit the nail right on the head with her. He's a guy that I'd like right from the get-go. Look at, look at this 49er receiving core, folks, and all four of their main receivers, Kendrick Bourne, Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Hurd, and, of course, Debo Samuel. And I expect, I expect Kyle Shanahan to employ a four-wide set with all of those guys. They can all run. They can catch the ball. We know how great Debo Samuel was in his rookie season. We're waiting to see the best from Jalen Hurd and have him get on the field. Brandon Ayuk, a speed demon out of Arizona State. And I mentioned just a moment ago, don't be surprised if you employ those four wide receivers. The best thing that this wide receiving core, including George Kittle, have going for them, they are all under 30. Yeah, and youth at this point is really one of the best traits that you can have in a football team that is looking for some type of longevity. Uh, obviously, there are teams within their own division that are young, that, that are hungry, that want to go ahead and, and try to take that next step. Right. Arizona is one that comes to mind. There's a lot of youth on that team, a lot of promise, and uh, a, uh, a pretty, um, for lack of a better term, uh, pretty optimistic outlook uh, for Arizona mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. They still have Los Angeles. Say what you will about Los Angeles. There's still players on that team that know how to win. Right. They've won before, and they can still take it to you each and every game. And, of course, the Seattle Seahawks, who I think are their primary competition in the division. Yeah. Anytime you employ Russell Wilson under center, you know you're going to have a chance to not only to contend, but be one of the top teams in the league. So 49ers need to pull upon that youth. They need to use that to their advantage. But they do have the savvy veterans in place as well to be able to keep this team in line. We saw it last year. I think you're going to see it again this year. Uh, to me, they're still the class of the NFC, albeit respect to my goat, my good buddy down in Tampa Bay. Uh, I still think the road to the Super Bowl does go through San Francisco, even though the Super Bowl is in Tampa Bay this year, yeah. uh, I still believe uh, uh, that uh, San Francisco is the team to beat in the NFC. Mike DeBay joining me here on the program as we wrap things up for the week, and we're getting back into our pattern of um, me having Mike on every week to get you guys ready for the 2020 NFL season. Let's look at the defense of the 49ers, and there was something we talked about a month before the draft when the news came out that DeForest Buckner was being sent to Indianapolis. Two things we both said at the same at virtually the same time. One, it's a cost effective move for the 49ers. And two, who was the person we both started looking at? The 49ers drafted him. They moved down one spot to get him. But Javon Kinlaw is going to be dynamite with Robert Sala and this 49er defense. Yeah, Kinlaw, I never understood why so many people were down or not so much down, but just had difficulty comprehending why the 49ers would have taken Javon Kinlaw when they did. Kinlaw is one of those unique talents at the position that just absolutely gives you a chance to compete each and every year. He has the size, he has the length, he has the speed to be able to compete in this um, in this division. I like the way he's tailor-made for this type of a defense, I think he is probably the closest thing that they're going to get to Buckner 
other than having Buckner there himself. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a big load to put on someone's shoulders to say he's going to go in and he's just going to absolutely fill the shoes without any type of, of uh, you know growing pains. He's a rookie, guys. He's not going to do that. But at the same time, he has the ability to be able to make reads. He has the ability to look at the quarterback and know exactly what they're going to do. I like his diversity. I like the fact that he's able to play up front. He's able to rush. He's able to play the D-line. He can also drop back and be that second type of defensive back if the 49ers choose to employ either a a two-safety set and they want a little extra help from a linebacker position. He can do that. He has the versatility. He's done that in college. Granted, his you know, bread and butter is going to be on the line, but he does have the versatility to be able to bring a lot to this Niners defense. I love the Kinlaw pick. I, I agree with where they took him, and I think that they, again, they drew a beat on this kid. They knew they wanted him, and they ended up pulling the trigger and making it happen. So kudos to the 49ers for bringing in a guy like Kinlaw. I, I think he's going to pay dividends this year. I expect a big year out of him as a rookie. Mike DePay joining me here on the program, talking all things San Francisco 49ers. And let, let's stay with the defense. There are two linebackers on the, this starting defense that are going to wreak even more havoc than they did last year. Fred Warner is one, and Dre Greenlaw is the other. These kids are dynamite. And now with the, with, with the experience that they have in helping to take this team to the NFC Championship, and to the Super Bowl, within an eyelash of winning the Super Bowl, you don't think they're motivated to bring title number six to San Francisco? I beg to differ. Absolutely. And, you know, Warner, I really think, is slowly emerging into one of the better linebackers in the game today. I think in a lot of ways, he and Greenlaw, when you look at the linebacker position for the 49ers, that's where they're at their best. That's where they're at their most fluid they can move up. The linebackers are capable of playing the line. They're also capable of dropping back and being defensive backs. I mentioned Kinlaw earlier. Obviously, Kinlaw is a lineman. But when you look at what these guys do and what the linebackers are able to do, the versatility is something that really helped uh, San Francisco thrive in so many ways last year. Their defense was their strength of their team. And believe me, coming from a New England guy, you know that I know a thing or two about teams that yes, have indeed. their... They put all they put most of their eggs in the defensive basket. I mean, yep. you know, guaranteed there were some years where Tom Brady just completely shouldered the load oh. of this team. But New England has always been one to be able to build a strong, stout defense. I saw a lot of what New England used to do and what San Francisco did last year. And you mentioned Warner, you mentioned Greenlaw, two great, um, you know, uh, uh, linebackers that have the savvy to be able to play in all areas of the field, and they're smart players as well. They can direct traffic out there in the uh, the 49er defense, and I think it helps to keep all of the young guys uh, that they have on this roster in line. That's such an important part of being able to succeed. So I like what I saw from them last year. I like what I'm going to see again this year. It's going to be a good year in San Francisco, and then these guys are a big reason why. It's going to be a dynamite year in San Francisco, but <clears throat> I, I, I have to ask, why are the preseason rankings, especially ones by Peter King, why are these people still writing off San Francisco? You know, I think a lot of it is lack of being flavor of the month. I think there's always either a rush to anoint the next one or there's nostalgia when it comes to some of the players on teams that are kind of on their last run. And I say that with all due respect to guys like Drew Brees and uh, Tom Brady. Right. There's a lot of 
there seems to be a lot of rush to judgment that these guys are going to be playing in the Nash in the uh, the NFC uh, Championship for a right to go to the Super Bowl. Look, two of the best, you know, most prolific quarterbacks of all time, without any question about it. Mm-hmm. But there are teams out there that are looking at that and going, "Yeah, really." <laughs> San Francisco is one of them. Yep. Green Bay is another one. Yes, indeed. Uh, Seattle, I think. Seattle, that, yeah. And that, uh, that that crew as well. Uh, even Minnesota, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you believe in Kirk Cousins or whether you don't, he had that team in contention last year, and they did some big things in the playoffs. So, look, bottom line, I think a lot of people are looking at San Francisco. They're looking at the Super Bowl. They're looking at the second half and how – Kansas City was able to take that game over. There were a couple of reasons why San Francisco, why Kansas City was able to take that game over. One was Patrick Mahomes. You have Indeed. to give him credit in terms of what he was able to do. He played a lights-out second half and really turned up the juice. Second, San Francisco made some mental mistakes in that second half. I mean, they you did. have to be honest and give you know credit where credit is due to Kansas City, but you've got to put a little bit of the onus on the Niners as well. Mm-hmm. I think a year under their belt, uh, that seasoning and that bitter taste that exists in your mouth when you lose a big game like that is going to add as a motivational factor for them to get back there. I don't see them having that second-year malaise, the Super Bowl curse, or however you, you want to put it, right. where teams make it and then they never make it back. That's not going to be San Francisco. They're far too talented. They're far too well-coached, and I think they're far too driven to turn back now. They can sense it. They know they're in the driver's seat in the NFC. And I think you're going to see that this year. And it's like you said, they are the class of the NFC. If you want to challenge, to if you want to play for the Lombardi, you got to go through San Francisco. It's going to be that way, and not just this coming year. It's going to be that way for a couple of years with this defense, with this team, the way that they are constructed. With Tom Brady being signed by Tampa Bay for two years, Drew Brees coming back. And, you know, the way the NFC South is constructed, I understand why the flavor of the month is going to be uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Drew Brees and the New and the New Orleans Saints. Here's the problem. Tom Brady or not, San Francisco beat both of those teams last year and they beat them on the road as much as, as much and as hyped as Tampa is to have arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever do it, there's a problem. In fact, two problems with Tampa Bay. Number one, the offensive line. And number two, and you and I discussed this before, uh, there's a lack of a running game in Tampa. And they have yet to solve that problem. They have. They have yet to solve that problem. And look, for all of the weapons around you, if you don't have a running game to be able to balance it out, teams are eventually going to be able to catch on to how you do business. And that's the one thing that worries me about Tampa Bay is their lack of a running game, their lack of being able to give Tom Brady a chance to be able to rest and hand the ball off. You know, regardless, I mean, he is capable of dropping back, throwing the football multiple times per game. Right. I love the uh, the pundits that want to, you know, just write this guy off as being old and having a noodle arm and right. all the other garbage that they say about him. Mm-hmm. It's not true. I've seen the guy. I know exactly what he can do, and I know he's still got a lot left in the tank. But a big part of being an older quarterback is knowing how to balance the run and the pass. We saw the Patriots do that so well in 2018 when they won Super Bowl 53. Mm -hmm. The running game was a big part of the reason why that team made a deep playoff run in in 2018. So in 2019, they didn't have that running game. And they struggled, and they struggled mightily because they didn't have the weapons on offense to be able to to complete that. Tom definitely doesn't have a shortage of weapons in Tampa Bay. He's got plenty of them. 
One of them is big number 87 that he spent a lot of time throwing the ball to. That's going to be a big, that is going to be a big prolific uh, combination for them as well. But at the same time, you need to be able to run the ball. You need to be able to protect the quarterback. There's questions on that offensive line as well. I know they addressed it a little bit through the draft, but they're going to have to prove that they can protect the quarterback like Tom Brady, who can make an offensive line look a little bit better because he's so good at getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Yes. But if you don't have the time and he's under pressure, that's been the kryptonite to Tom Brady Superman for a number of years. Knock him around, show him different looks, get him on the run, keep him out of the pocket, get him very uncomfortable, and you can contain him. That's something that Tampa Bay is going to have to worry about. So until they fix that running game and until they can solidify the offensive line to get them the running game they need, my money's still on San Francisco. I, I, I have to put the money where it is. Also, I have to put the money on, on, on San Francisco. And, folks, Monday I got a very exciting announcement where you can challenge me with with, with some of these with a partner that we're going to sign here. Get to I'll get to that on Monday. But the class of the NFC is the San Francisco 49ers. Look at the way the NFC South is constructed, and we're going to go team by team and division by division starting next week. Look at the NFC South and the way they are constructed. Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and to a point, Teddy Bridgewater. They're going to expect him to throw the ball 45 times a game. Whereas the best running team in the NFC is the same best running team that was there last year. Now, yes, they did get rid. Of, they did trade Matt Breida because he was essentially in the doghouse. Let's just call a spade a spade, and he couldn't hold on to the football, and because of his in, and because of his injuries. Be that as it may, Raheem Mostert's going to tote the ball for a thousand yard season. There's a prop prediction for you, and like I said, I got a big announcement coming on Monday concerning that. But you have Raheem Mostert, you have Tevin Coleman, the forty. You have Kyle Uzcheck. You have a <laughs> dynamite running game. And by the way, folks, for for all my Forty Nine er faithful, Kyle Uzcheck is wearing number forty four. Remember a fullback that used to wear number forty four in San Francisco in the eighties? His name is Tom Rathman. Okay, when you have that kind of running game, you're going to be the toughest team to beat in. Your conference. The 49ers had it for many, many years, and for all the years that Tom Brady was in New England with his six Super Bowls, what accompanied him? A running game. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the runners that the Patriots had. You start the dynasty early on. Antoine Smith was a guy that got the ball. He was a bell cow type of runner that was able to extend plays. Corey Dillon came in and did a phenomenal job being able to extend plays, being able to run the football on the ground. Even a guy like, I'll give you a name that most of your listeners probably don't know, but you and I both know very well, and that's Ben Jarvis Green Ellis. Yes, indeed, the law firm. He was a pretty adept runner back in the day. He could get the job done. The Patriots had that ability to be able to run the football. Even guys like Sammy Morris came in and filled the role and were able to run the football effectively. The Patriots have had some pretty prolific runners. And at this point, I see a lot of what San Francisco is doing in building that running core. I'm so glad that you mentioned you, Jack, because I I love the fullback position. Uh, It's been a stalwart of the way the Patriots play the game for a number of years. They've had some great fullbacks here in uh, in New England, most notably James Devlin, who recently retired. Yep. Patriots are bringing in a lot of guys. They brought in a lot of guys through free agency, even through the draft this year, that have fullback experience. Danny Vitale, for one. 
Uh, Jakob Johnson, who was on the roster last year, he's back. Even a guy like Dalton Keene, the wide, the, uh, the tight end that they brought in in the third round, mm-hmm. he has experience playing that H-back, that fullback type role. The Patriots are going to utilize that, and they're looking to what the Niners are doing with Juszczyk, and they're using that to their advantage. So, again, you know, flattery is uh, – imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, my yes. friend, and I think you're seeing a lot of teams copy what San Francisco is doing simply because they do it better than anyone right now. And let, let's close this out by saying this. I love you, Rob Gronkowski, but you've been usurped as the best tight end because, and much love to uh, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, but you and I both said on this program, and we said it multiple times over, the best tight end is in the Bay. And, of course, we're talking about the one and only George Kittle, who will get a new contract, by the way, folks. Just don't even think, don't even think the 49ers are not going to sign him to an extension. But the best damn tight end in the league. Love you, Travis Kelsey. Love you, Rob Gronkowski. But the best tight end in the league is George Kittle. Yeah, and again, I think what we've come back to so many times is not just the elite pass-catching skills that George Kittle brings to the table. It's his ability to panic a defender. It's his ability to block. His ability to know exactly where he needs to be on the field at all times. That, to me, is what sets him apart from a guy like Kelsey, who I'm a big fan of, and I like his game, and I love the way he's able to play offense and make prolific catches. He's a touchdown machine. But of the two, Kittle is the superior blocker. Kittle reminds me a lot of a younger Rob Gronkowski. When Gronk was in his prime, there was nobody better at being able to get open, be able to make catches, contested catches, tough catches, but also he could be a factor in that game without even touching the ball. He could block. He could give the ability of the running back to get free. He made offensive linemen that much better. You look at a guy like Marcus Cannon and Shaq Mason on the right side of the Patriots' offensive line. Mm -hmm. Their best years were when Gronk was healthy, and he was there taking some of the pressure off, blocking for them, and making sure that they had the ability to set and be the anchor type of defensive uh, offensive lineman that they needed to be. George Kittle does that for the uh, the San Francisco 49ers offensive line. That's why he reminds me so much of Rob in his prime. Catch this man on Locked On Patriots every single day, your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yours truly makes an appearance on the Locked On pa- on uh, Locked On Patriots several times throughout the year, especially this past year, talking all things Jimmy Garoppolo and all things 49ers and how they tie in to the Patriots. Find the Lockdown Podcast Network. That's where you'll find this young man as well as full press coverage. You'll also find him on this show. And beginning next Friday, we'll start breaking down teams and divisions, and we're going to start in the NFC. And I think we basically answered a question. Can anyone usurp the 49ers from the NFC? I believe the answer is going to be no. We'll start our breakdowns next week. Mike, always a thrill and an honor to have you on, my friend. Uh, The thrill and the honor is all mine, my friend. I look forward to coming back on. Uh, There is a game on schedule between the 49ers and the Patriots this year. So Mm -hmm. a little crossover action on Locked (laughs) On Patriots, I'm sure. We'd love to have you on, and we'll definitely talk uh, Patriots 49ers when the time comes. But uh, we'll definitely slide you into the rotation before that happens as well. Stay safe, stay well, my friend. Always a pleasure to join you on the microphone. You got it. That'll do it for today. I... Hope that y'all enjoyed it. Uh, Cole Johnson will be back uh, with me tomorrow. Unfortunately, he had to uh, step away. But he'll be back tomorrow, and we're going to talk a whole lot of NBA, especially life inside that comedy of errors we like to call the bubble. And, yes, we call it a comedy of errors 
on this show. We like keeping things real in case you haven't noticed. That'll do it for today. Thank you to Monkey Knife Fight uh, being an affiliate sponsor and to StatementGames.com being a partner of the show. You want to partner up with this program? Drop an email to Snowman in the Morning at gmail.com. Follow us on all our social media at official SIT Morn. My time is up. Thank you to my producer, Steve Joyner, as well as our executive producer, Dr. K. And I'll talk, we will talk to y'all tomorrow. I keep saying I. I forget I have a, a radio partner now. Out!